something that I have been doing is maybe every year or every 14 or 16 months or something, make sure that I'm either working on something drastically different at the company I'm working at or just go to a different company. Episode 95, April 2015. This is part 3 of my Q&A with Chris Hunt, developer at GitHub. This episode is sponsored by the Treplin Design Company and Fieldnotes. What are your favorite programming languages and frameworks? My favorite programming language is Ruby. My favorite framework is Rails. So, very surprising, right? Um, <clears throat> the main reason <clears throat> for that is just that's what I've used the most. So... Um, there's really isn't anything else that I've used enough for it to be something that I like more. I'm not really religious about languages or frameworks. I don't. I'm not really. I don't have a strong opinion about it. When people get really obsessed about languages or frameworks, I actually think it's a little bit funny. But I really Ruby has has worked so well for me, and Rails has worked so well for me. So I always default to those when I can. Or Sinatra, if it's a smaller project I'm working on that I'm probably going to end up throwing away down the line. Uh, what pisses you off? I actually don't. I I don't ever. I don't really ever get pissed off, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty temperate. Favorite foods? My favorite foods, ground beef. That's my number one food. Uh, my number two food is sweet potato. <clears throat> Those are really good combo, by the way. Um, and then I also like uh, eggs and bacon. So I eat those four things more than anything else in the entire world. How did you improve as a developer? There, <clears throat> there are two things, I think that helped me improve the most as a developer. This is actually pretty fresh on my mind because uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast episode on this and it, I might have even called it improving as a developer. Uh, but um, there are two things that helped me the most, I think. Um, the number one thing was doing things that are not programming. So the things that I like to do are photography and solving the Rubik's Cube and memory techniques. And the reason I say that is because all three of those things have basically been what gave me ideas for every single side project I've ever done. Every single open source project I've ever done. Anytime I learned a new language, it was always a Rubik's Cube timer or a Rubik's Scrambler or, you know, um, like I mentioned earlier, I've, I'm now getting really into film photography and I just started a project where I can check all the status of my film orders. So when I send my film off, my color film to be developed and scanned at a lab in California that I like to use, I can see the status of all my orders and it looks all pretty and I can view it on my iPhone and stuff. And the only reason that stuff exists and why I tried to make them is because I have other hobbies. I have like other things that give me ideas for making side projects. So that was, that was it's probably been um, the biggest thing is just being interested in other things so I have ideas for what to work on because um, that helps me learn new stuff. And then the other thing that's helped me the most is pair programming. So working with other programmers. And these can be programmers that have less experience than me. And that gives me a good opportunity for teaching things or just like better understanding of the things that I think I already know but I don't really know. And then obviously working with programmers who have more experience in a language has helped me too because they have more experience. So everything that I do, they have some kind of feedback on like, oh, there's actually a better way to do that. And I always learn stuff that way too. How do you most certainly not improve as a developer? Probably. So this is this is something that's uh, interesting because you'll see like a job 
description or something that says five years experience in Ruby on Rails or 10 years experience in, in Java or whatever. And I think, I think probably the biggest way to not improve as a developer is to do the same thing for five or 10 years and don't, and don't try other things, don't have side projects, don't use other languages, don't work with other people, don't work at other companies. That's probably the quickest way to not level up as a developer because, you know, especially when you're first starting and you're learning all these new things, if you stop that momentum and you just settle in with one thing and don't try to learn other things or don't, for me, moving to different companies is, is another part of this, but I can get into that in a second, but just like always trying to learn something new and work on something different is so important to, to learning and getting better that if you don't do that, you're just, you're not getting any better. You're becoming a, a, the same programmer every year. So you could, you could be programming for 15, 15 years, but you're not any better than you were, you know, 10 years ago um, because you're not doing anything new. You're working on the same kind of projects, the same language. And so something that has helped force me to learn new languages and work with different people is to switch jobs. And I don't switch jobs like once a month, but um, something that I have been doing is maybe every year or every 14 or 16 months or something, make sure that I'm either working on something drastically different at the company I'm working at, or just go to a different company. And that'll just toss you into a whole new environment with new people, with new programming language, a whole new way to deploy your applications and test them. And it's just like information overload. And during that year where you're working there, you just are learning so much stuff. Um, it's a good way to force that to happen. And actually, GitHub is the company I've worked the longest at so far. So I'm not saying I'm leaving GitHub, but it's I've, I've been able to work on so many different projects at GitHub that I haven't had the itch to leave yet, which is kind of cool. But I've been there about a year and a half now. Okay, everybody, my name is Aaron James Draplin. Just got done telling you about my whole life. Uh, the good, the bad, the gross, the ugly, the weird, the sinister, the awesome. And now you need to go to draplin.com and buy some killer merch. Draplin.com backslash merch and things that you need, right? Okay, you need to go there and look at this stuff. And then when you're done with that, you need to go to fieldnotesbrand.com and get some memo books. We'll ship them anywhere. If you're listening to this in Vienna, Austria, or Vienna, Illinois, hell, wherever that is, we will we'll ship them there too, okay? Fieldnotesbrand.com. You need these things. $9.95 for a three-pack. Would you pay for coffee today, right? Right, right? You need this stuff. So draplin.com, fieldnotesbrand.com, and uh, yeah, those are, the, those are the only two links you need in your life. There you go. What is your opinion about the importance of a college education for developers these days? I think if you want to learn how computers work, then uh, getting something like a computer science degree is awesome. I have a computer science degree. I learned how computers work. It's pretty cool. But once I left college, nothing I learned helped me a, get a, even get a job, but but B, it didn't help me with the day-to-day -day work. So things like working with other people on an actual program that's been around for three or four years already before you arrived at the company, did not learn how to do that in college. Testing, I didn't learn how to test at all in college. We never wrote a single test. So maybe this is speaking more to my college education than it is to college education in general. But I found that everything that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, actually working as a programmer, had almost nothing to do with the things that I learned in college. So I, I still think it's valuable if you want to learn how a computer works. And it's also valuable if you want to learn how to live on your own. Like right when you're getting out of high school, you've probably lived with your parents all the way up to like 
17 or 18 years old. And so like going out and living on your own immediately after that can be really bad for some people or really crazy for some people or uncomfortable. College is like daycare. It's like, it's like four or five years of living with a whole bunch of people that are there to feed you and keep you warm and teach you how to live, you know? So it's nice in that regard too. But as far as programming, I, I, no, I don't think, I don't think it's important at all. Are you a fan of standing desks? Yes, I, yes, I'm using a standing desk right now. And I don't even have a chair for it. So I, I probably stand too much. When did you switch? I never, I've never had a sitting desk ever. So, yeah. Do you like meetings or brainstorms while taking a walk? Yeah, totally. I, would, I, I don't do that. But if I had to do that, I would love to do it that way. <laughs> all, all our, uh, I guess maybe I have done it once. So at GitHub, um, we are a remote company. But the team I work with, um, I work with three other people pretty closely. We have video chats three times a week to help. That's like pretty much our only synchronous communication is these video chats. And usually I'm at my desk staring at my computer, um, talking to them, doing these stand-up meetings or iteration plannings. But sometimes, like especially when I'm traveling, I'm walking around on my iPhone doing the video chat that way. And I must say that is much more fun, even for the people who are in the meeting and not walking around. Yeah, so walking around for sure. Do you have any thoughts what companies could do to make female coworkers more comfortable at work? I think probably the number one thing is to hire more diverse people. <laughs> so, I mean, ba basically make the environment more diverse so it's not only a bunch of dudes standing in the office working. Like hire, hire a ton of women, hire a ton of other people that aren't represented in your office. The easiest thing to do, if, I mean, if you're unsure of what kind of people you should be hiring at your company to make it a more comfortable workplace is just walk outside. So if I was at GitHub San Francisco office, this is a great example because San Francisco is crazy diverse. You just walk outside and you walk around the block for like 10 or 15 minutes. If your office doesn't look the same as all the people you just saw, you know what I mean? If it, if the people working in your company aren't the same as like the people living around around you, then um, you're probably not diverse enough. So I don't I don't have like I don't have a lot to say about it just because I'm uncomfortable talking about it, especially as a white dude. I feel like there's too probably too many white dudes talking about diversity when they're like not super diverse. So um, I think probably the easiest way to get things going is just to hire enough people in your office so you have a diverse environment and it's probably just going to fall naturally out of that um, because it's well represented. <laughs>